1: I looked at you and then looked at a clock and realized we'd been talking for an hour and we hadn't turned on the microphones yet.
0: I know, I know. We needed that hour to feel snarky, though, just to get ramped up for the podcast. Yes. I feel like we
1: were both talking about the fact that this <laughs> podcast. In fact, I didn't tell you this the last time. My dad's coming into town this weekend. Oh, that's the right. The last time that's he right. was in town, he asked me if he could come watch the podcast, and I said, "Why on earth would you do that?" Well, first off, he's my dad, so he was just like, can "Does I, he just want to watch us interact?" Watch? And but his comment to me after the to fact microphones was, or something, he he said. He said, when you come back from doing a podcast, you are so up. He just noticed it. He was like, (laughs) Really? You leave fine. You come back practically lit up. And I was like, This is what it's like. This is how much fun it is. It is. But you and I've been talking for an hour about everything going (laughs) on with the show. (laughs) It's massive. And everything we're working on simultaneously. Here here's how nuts this got, dear listener. Here's how nuts this got. (laughs) In the midst of talking about plans and shoots and that kind of thing, we realized we have half of season four Plan for shoots. <laughs> In case you're keeping track, right. we're currently shooting season three, which doesn't even come out until July. We realize we have half of season four planned already with oh, like gosh. dates and cars we know of. Oh, yeah. Not to mention any cars that are, you know, new releases or. Oh, and there, well, then whatever. There's, and there's I, fast blast. We're going to shoot this summer. Uh, yeah. We're, we're yeah. already talking about this year has a feature film coming that is, by the way, completely separate of television yes
0: we're back to feature films this year which i'm thrilled yes. about this idea we're i'm a, thrilled yeah
1: we're in a conversation with a company that will hopefully be helping us with worldwide distribution of our feature films and our tv show yeah yep. that is not youtube related at all this is a separate company that has approached us for distribution we are I'm a, I'm a bit early in saying that, but based on conversations we've had in the last week or so... Early it, as it, of a few hours ago, we had this conversation. Well, but, but that conversation a couple hours ago was the one that made us go, okay, this is a real thing. Yeah, true. So no names yet, but that's that's looking promising. So there's there's a couple of things going on. Yes, and since we're in the tease
0: mode, I'm going to say uh, we're working on a, a big tech project that is going to be revealed to patron members on Patreon. Yes, Eventually, but we're going to start teasing that. So, if you want in on that, we'd love to have you as a ultimate patron member. True, and True. Uh, you know, get your feedback on that. It's
1: going to be and very it feels like I'm going back in time to say this, but I have to say it. Season two is still airing. <laughs> yes, it the, is. The, the day after you hear this that podcast on a Friday will be the last episode, the last airing of season two on Velocity. For those of you that may be looking for it, I will say to the couple of you that have written, no, it is not available on Velocity Canada. If you're in the U.S. and you get Velocity, it is Saturday mornings. Early,
0: early, <laughs> early,
1: early. I'm just yeah. saying, look early. But it's there's Saturday mornings. This is the California Adventure episode again, the the Z06 on PCH. This Latina was a lot of fun. PCH. Man, that was fun. That was one of our meetups, too. We're also talking about more meetups for this year. Yeah. I'm telling you, an hour has gone <laughs> by. Golly. Of stuff to talk about.
0: Track days yep. around the U.S. Yep. Of course, The Pilgrimage, that is very close to being announced. It's about a
1: week away from launching officially. Yep. Yeah,
0: and if you have been considering it, if you've heard us talk about it for the past two years, not to mention the film that we did back in 2015, we would love to have you. And so I am cordially inviting you. It's the pre-invite. It's the soft launch. I, I
1: like the soft open. That, that's one of my favorites. It's the soft open. Yeah, for sure.
0: But for the sure. pre-invite. Yes. So start squirreling money away. Start putting that aside because it's gonna be actually even longer this year it is it's gonna be cool and I, I don't want to reveal too many details, but it's getting even cooler. Yep, it is. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I
1: will say another hat tip to our TV sponsors that made Season 2 happen. We're getting into conversations with sponsorship for Season 3. If you would like to be a part of Season 3 as a sponsor, I'm just going to throw that out there. Reach out to us. Heck yeah. Everydaydriver.com or EverydayDriverTV at Gmail. We'd love to talk to you about that. A few of you have done that. We're looking forward to Season 3. But Season 2 sponsors were Covercraft, our presenting sponsor, Grio's Garage. Thanks to both of them, not only for the discounts available from Every Day, but also because they they both did those cool giveaways, which was awesome. Yes, they did. And also our friend Nathan over at Auto Tempest, thanks for being with us, man. We're really glad you were. We don't know what the future leads on season three, but we are sure-shooting awfully fast on it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it is coming at us really fast. Wow, it is auto show season, so we've got uh, the New York Auto Show to cover, some favorites, some non-favorites, a few things there. I'm noticing that it's um, notably lacking trucks. There's a few. But, you know well there's that Volkswagen kind of concept
1: pickup that we're trucks. not going to actually make which is right. which is like the weirdest use of resources ever i feel like <laughs> well we're Volkswagen and we don't really make pickups that we sell anywhere but here's a really cool one based on the Atlas that we're showing you because we're not really going to make it and by the way we don't make pickups and thanks for coming by our booth i don't i don't get it <laughs> i don't i don't get it here's concepts. some chapstick and a key
0: ring Seriously. maybe a usb drive but you know you can find it on the website now so
1: Go away. Madness. We do actually have two car debates coming up in the midst of all of this, one from Bill in Virginia and another one coming up. By the way, these are massive scroll emails from Mark in Wisconsin. These are like the 45 scroll emails. But what's interesting is they are both condensable, at least on this side. And they had paragraphs, which helped. So we'll get to both of those and tons of good questions. It's going to be a huge podcast. So brace yourself for the next four, I mean, next next hour or so.
0: (laughs) Jumping into the New York Auto Show, I've got to start out with Audi. And the fact that green is back. Green seems to be back in the color palettes of car manufacturers. Mm -hmm. I feel like the AMG GTR has kind of started that a little bit. Well and the
1: and the what was the five was it the five hundredth or it was the one millionth nine eleven came off in green.
0: Yes, that definitely was in the the Mm -hmm. history Mm -hmm. from the sixties. But I mean we're talking eye searing bright, you know. Kelly Green. So the shirt is green. It's not just for Jaguar anymore. I guess so. Yeah. But the Jaguar green is sophisticated and nice. This is just in your face. BMW is doing it on the M4. Not I, that I don't I like don't, it. It's I just don't
1: mind in your face colors. Different. I'm just going to back that up. I'm not really a fan of green, but I, I like the say, fact how we're doing with color. green. It looks great on the show I'm, stand. But I'm, do you I'm not own a green it? car guy. Blue, I love. Clearly, orange, yellow, these kind of things. But but hey, I at least like that it's a color.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I, I like that things are going away from white, personally, mm-hmm. that have pigment in the actual car paint. That's not, you know, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. the cheapest paint possible
1: to put well, on a car. Well, it's not the shiny metal color that is gray and silver. That's <laughs> well, I like silver. I, 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 mean, I like silver. I know you do. It's the we do not agree. silver. Anyway, so what I'm talking about here
0: is the RS5 Sportback, mm-hmm. which apparently is the placeholder or, you know, sort of our consolation prize for the RS4 wagon. Because I want the RS4 wagon. But I actually, I have to admit, this whole Sportback thing has really taken over. Mercedes is doing it with the, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. the GT Coupe, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they've done it for years already, that coupe shape. BMW is doing it, of course, mm-hmm. with the 640s, mm-hmm. all of that. And uh, I'm liking the power. I'm liking this, this look. I'm just kind of wondering about what is Audi doing for the driving experience? I know the RS3 is very much... Focused on, I mean, it's even got wider front tires for yeah. more yeah, turning, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. less understeer, all that kind of stuff. I'm kind of wondering if Audi is looking at this more heavily rather than just kind of making, you know, sort of the Ingolstadt version of Mercedes AMG cars and it just bashes you over the head with power. <laughs> I'm hoping they're kind of a combination between the Mercedes and the BMW in terms of maybe lots of power, but maybe. hey, this is still fun to drive. It's just Let's hope a lot so. of fun to drive. Let's hope so. Although you I know. will say the Mercedes, that E63S impressed the daylights out of me, and did. I wanted yeah. one instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so this green RS5, i I'm like I said, it's pretty gorgeous, actually. I'm liking the shape, I'm liking what Audi's doing, I'm liking the new details. Of course, the interior is uh, still class-leading, I feel like. Design, execution, man, everybody's caught up, but in their own way. You know, Mercedes yeah. is doing their own thing in their own way. You For know sure. I mean?
1: Audi has to carry that mantle. They've kind of established themselves as we do interiors, yeah.
0: Yeah, but BMW still, you know, same old thing. Come on. They need a refresh on that interior design. I agree with that for sure. Man, so uh, what is the power on this thing? It is 2.9 liter V6 engine, 444 horsepower, 443 torques. Dang. Rear biased all-wheel drive system. I'm liking this thing.
1: Clearly. What do you think about an this? Impression. I you know what? I'm going to give that one to you. You you can you can rant on You're that. You're not, not feeling the coop. I, okay. I, right. it. I, right. I I, just, I I'm liking it. I just I'm
0: intrigued by more Audi products and that RS3 is just still intriguing the daylights out of me.
1: For whatever reason, this auto show stuff I've looked up so far, I've been intrigued by the very well, not not mundane is not the right word, but just the very affordable workhorse cars people have dropped. Good news, there's a new Corolla? I do want to talk about the new Corolla. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. The <laughs> new Corolla hatchback, I'm genuinely intrigued okay, genuinely you're going to have, have to
0: intrigued. flesh that out. You're going to need to justify Well, here's justify the thing. I actually,
1: I actually tweeted out, and I hated – I genuinely kind of – it kind of hurt me to repost their ad. <laughs> but I did a screenshot the <laughs> last few days ago. I saw, yeah. I did a screenshot of their ad because they talked about – they had literally the same sentence. They had CVT and fun. And I don't think I've ever seen those two th- words in a sentence together. And it, I don't agree with that at all. But – I think the hatchback, I realize I'm talking about an incredibly low bar here, but I think the hatchback is the best-looking Corolla I've seen maybe ever, maybe back since the EA86 really old ones. I mean, this is a cool-looking Corolla.
0: Ugh, cool and Corolla in the same sentence. I know.
1: I know. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a stake in the ground on it. I'm, I'm not sure i I'm, I'm myself it. right now. So I think it's interesting-looking, and they are offering it with a genuine manual transmission. So I hope it's the manual out of the FRS. I I don't know that I'll get that lucky, but I hope it's that good manual. It would be really cool if it was. It is going to be a six-speed. They have an intelligent manual transmission, which is their fancy name for (laughs) rev match all the time. And my concern is they're not going to give a button to turn it off.
0: Okay, is that like it's, Ford saying EcoBoost? It just means turbo, people. It just ex- it just means turbo. Well, but
1: it says Intelligent Manual, and I and I and there that actually is Toyota's new name for we have rev match that works up and down all the time, and I think that's cool. But I really hope it has an off button. But come on, Corolla with a small lightweight hatchback with a manual transmission. I'm genuinely intrigued would actually like to drive it because we've seen tiny things like the Fiesta have proven that the hatchback you don't expect that is a little bit oddball looking can be really fun. Wouldn't it be amazing if Toyota pulled that off? It would be amazing. And, you know, Toyota has a racing history of course to draw they do. on. Of and course I, they do.
0: Honestly, I secretly wish, I guess not so secretly anymore, but that Toyota would kind of start competing against the end versions of what Hyundai is doing. I feel like Hyundai okay. is now kind of kicking at these Japanese manufacturers, honestly. I agree with, with that. With the N Sport of everything, the N version. And if they did something like that to the Corolla,
1: I will say, I'll give it to you. I'd like to drive it too, if it were that N Sport. I'm intrigued by it because they're flat out offering with a manual, which is great. And while we're talking about it's Korean car it's not terrible. <laughs> the new Corolla. Here, here's the Paul Schmucker tagline. The new Corolla <laughs> hatchback. It's not terrible.
0: Uh, I mean, some angles are good. Some of, you know, clearly the money shot angles, the photographers found them. Well, there's and, not many, but they and, did and find honestly,
1: them. Honestly, look, Toyota is in a weird place right now on the front and rears of their cars. They're all, I mean, from the Prius to the Camry to the, to this. I don't know that they're in a great place, but I think this hatchback is still kind of cool looking. But while we're talking about the Korean automaker's. Challenging the Japanese. Hyundai G70. Yeah, this if is on my list too. If you would like your Kia Stinger without the Kia Stinger grill and with a trunk instead of a hatch, I have a car for you. Without and the sting? I actually think I like the look of this better. Do you? And... It's offered with a manual. Now, sadly, it's only offered with the base engine with the manual, which is, I think, a big oversight. That's usually the case. Mazda does this, too. Well, Honda does it as well. It's, it's, It's too bad, but we're talking about the segment that we're in. But we just drove the Stinger. We liked that car. I'm very curious about this G70 from Hyundai. I think it's genuinely interesting.
0: I agree. I'm thrilled with the interior, honestly. I mean, this looks... Far more expensive than the car is, uh, fair, and they're saying this fair. is a three series competitor, and I can already imagine,
1: you know, yeah. what our next comparison is going to be. Well, we just drove the Stinger against the four. Yeah, this is slightly smaller. It's exactly right, right down the middle of the three series. I mean, that means honestly, the way to do it is you pull a three series and you pull an Accord and you pull this. That's that's the threesome right there. Because this is
0: Genesis it, finding their way feels, as a brand. It feels right there in the middle. I mean, really, Genesis is carving itself out. Under the leadership of Luke Donkervolka, who is uh, from Lamborghini. You know him as the Aventador designer. No, Murcielago. Murcielago. I still can't pronounce this word. (laughs) Neither can anyone else. (laughs) That's the point. It's provocative. Anyway, so, yes, he comes to Genesis to leading the brand as far as a design direction Mm -hmm. and really setting this apart. And they've been doing it for a few years now with a few models, but this is really culminating. I mean, the proportions... I agree yeah. really quite nice. I agree with you, totally. I mean, side view is just yeah, the proportions are there it's got c class proportions mm-hmm. like Mercedes it does it looks looking, re- it looks really big and nice and classy the which details is really cool. look great yeah. i I just I feel vindicated. <laughs> let's put it that way for all my years of Hyundai and Kia love all, all your
1: years of watch out for these South
0: Korean cars. yeah, yeah. And, and the, you know, hearing your eyeballs roll from, you know, they, sometimes
1: they have, you're right. Whatever. But I'm, seeing it. I'm seeing it now. I get it.
0: Here it is. I, it. I mean, the, the stitching, the details, they're paying attention and they're getting things right. And then that's pushing car companies along. I'm loving when cars like this, Kind of put other car manufacturers on notice, and they go,
1: "Whoa, I guess we can't keep yeah, doing that anymore." You're, you're offering really that for to that kind of money, yeah. That that's always a big deal. Hi, BMW. That was a big deal for sure. We love it, but another one I that actually caught my eye, and I'm trying to decide if I should like be disciplined for this or not is the the, the <laughs> Cadillac smaller SUV.
0: It's on my radar too. The XT4. Actually, actually I'm I'm glad and, you brought this up because and, of the CUV craze. Yeah,
1: exactly. And here's the thing: I feel like you know Cadillac's been offering a platform sharing partner to the Equinox for a while, but I feel like it's always been forgettable. Hmm. And something about this XT4, and I haven't seen it in person, but something about the photos and all the stuff that's been out on it so far, I feel like they've somehow done a good job of distilling the presence of the Escalade into this size. Interesting comment, and I think that that's what Cadillac needs to get noticed in this area. The instrument panel is laid back, and it's
0: actually opened mm-hmm. up the cabin a lot. Yeah, yeah. So for a small CUV, it's actually I feel like it. It's kind of airier, roomier. It feels yeah. that way inside. And We're that's talking about like design.
1: a X3 sized X1, X3. You know, Mazda CX5. It's that kind of five seat mid sized CUV. Yeah, and and here's the thing I think is interesting about it: the Escalade bring buckets of cash. Oh, that is an incredibly expensive vehicle. Oh yeah, this starts at thirty eight grand, which means the way loaded out the way you want it'll probably be fifty. And honestly, you don't have to try very hard to spend fifty grand on a CUV anymore. I think it's in the right spot price wise too,
0: and I also think it's the right time for the market because you know last time Cadillac tried the small car thing. How long has it been since you've heard the word Cimarron?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, taking you way back and that that experiment, you know, failed miserably.
1: <laughs> you know, wasn't Cindy Crawford the spokesperson? Are you serious? You think somebody? So? I need to look it no, up. No, look no, 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 no. Because I remember the spokesperson was much better than the car. I remember that distinctively. <laughs> That's the, the impression it made on my mind. Usually, the case. Yeah. You know, I hate it
0: when they use the beautiful people anyway. But yeah, it's the right time for this car and. I, I like it too. I actually like the signature of the taillights. I'm actually looking at this more and more because I've sort of, you know, secretly prided myself on the ability to identify a car at night by its signature taillights and headlights. Yeah. 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 I've done that since, in, since I was in fourth grade. I mean, Cadillacs, I have done this my whole life and studying it. And then, you know, what is, Oh yeah, that's right. Cause the Hon, Honda civic did this weird thing that way. And <laughs> What are they thinking? Anyway, but I, I like the signature on this. I'm I'm pretty impressed. For such a small vehicle and such an inexpensive vehicle, it still has that feel, that, the, I, a I, premium feel that it needs to have. And I do.
1: I think it has some of that Escalade presence in it. In the market, Mini Escalade. There you go, Mini Escalade. That's actually going to be a new coffee drink, I think, somewhere. <laughs> so that's going to happen. But you're going to really confuse your barista but, with that one, seriously. But it's it. Maybe maybe there is one. I just <laughs> don't know it. Uh, I don't nothing <laughs> about. What, coffee. What's
0: the name on this again? But
1: but here's the thing. I also think not only have they done that presence, but they've pulled it off in the, the hottest market segment, which might make this a genuine hit.
0: Yeah. No, oh, I agree. Well, uh, Maserati has re- released the Levante Trofeo. That we will promptly not talk about. I keep seeing Levantes around, and I also feel vindicated
1: we will by not my talk disgust about yeah, they're horrible. car. If
0: you have a Levante, I'm sorry, but it's like the Italian Buick with the portholes. And yeah, I just... The Italian Buick. <laughs> open the door. Hey, it's my Jeep Grand Cherokee. I Yeah, all the switchgear, everything's the same. I know. It's I like, know. you know how they describe actors well, phoning in a performance? Yes. That's what they did with the Levante, just to have
1: a product. Speaking about your Jeep Grand Cherokee, it's the same but uglier <laughs> if that were possible the, it no, would be the levante because because the jeep grand Cher- cherokee is a genuinely good looking truck with presence yeah the that's levante why I it. is that interior and you wrapped it up in a worse suit yeah and you charged more i mean it's it's marketing genius <laughs> it's it is. it's marketing gold people <laughs> but yeah i don't like the proportions the side view they're just yeah, you're a fan. I, I I hear you. You're a fan. I get it. Not shall we, feeling it. Shall we try desperately to do a car debate? Maybe I want to sketch over the car. I want to sketch new stuff. And anyway, I just want to cover it in general. So I don't have to look at it anymore. <laughs> we saw one. We saw one in Germany. when We were at Classicstad. Uh, yeah, yeah. Under yeah. like the perfect lighting, and it was still ugly. <laughs> you like put it in the best of environments, perfectly lit, and the on the low eye level. Yeah, still ugly. Agreed. That's when you know you've just done it wrong. <laughs>
0: All right. So we've got this debate from Bill here. He's out in Richmond, Virginia, Mm -hmm. telling us he's been listening to the podcast for almost two years now. Bill, thank you for following along. Yeah, for sure. First podcast he ever heard was number 100. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Which confused the daylights out of him until he heard podcast 101.
1: And if you don't know why, if you haven't been listening through one of our hundred blocks yet, at every 100 marker, we do a Ask Us Anything podcast, and we don't take (laughs) any questions about cars. You can see his confusion. Some of the weird answers that come out of those podcasts. My wife looks at me like, you said what now? So, yeah, (laughs) if you drop drop in on one of the 100 podcasts, this is a very different show. So, Bill, I would just like to say that I appreciate you coming back. I appreciate you listening (laughs) to 100 and going, I'm going to give that one more try. Just in case I was. Maybe I just didn't
0: hear it right or something's wrong with my phone anyway. Well they uh, he and his best friend Gail, whom they met when they were both thirteen, didn't date until they were age nineteen. They've now been married thirty eight years. That's awesome. Bill That's and really Gail. Cool. They have a huge family. He's been a car nut his whole life. Kids that have obtained their driver's licenses, and Bill has taken them to the Audi Driving Experience two day
1: advanced handling course at Road Atlanta. Fantastic. This is this is proper driver training right there. Oh, my gosh. So kids are grown. They actually have grandkids now. So this is kind of the shopping we're doing, which is cool. Uh, he's He has sent us <laughs> – there's a lot of scrolls here. He has sent it's us – A lot of words. Every car both of them have owned since they started driving, the cars they had when they were single, each of them individually, yeah. the cars they've had together. There's a list. It's an expansive list. It's an impressive list i 'm going to jump i 'm going to skip to the end of the Worlds of Body, Wars <laughs> of Money Python. The they currently have, have a and wife <laughs> <laughs> nice. In that movie oh yes, Princess Bride is awesome two thousand eleven Honda Odyssey touring is. Gail's primary car, and they actually still really like this. They find it really usable even though they're empty nesters, I'm sure, with grandkids. Of course you find it usable. Are you kidding? <laughs> so they have a Honda Odyssey Touring. That's not going anywhere. They also have a his 2012 Volkswagen Golf R that he really likes. It actually has the APR Stage 1 tune, so you're thoroughly enjoying that. Uh, and you said it's just enough changes to make it interesting with a little smile, so that's funny. The Either of these, well, the Odyssey's staying. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the golf might go, or we might just keep the golf and go for a third car because you know what? The kids are gone and why not? <laughs> Which I love. So he's given me a budget
0: here of 30K because I skip past the whole, well, the budget's 20 to 25, and then the
1: Paul limiter is locked in at 30. You just look for the words Paul limiter, and that's what we're That's what about. I go yeah. directly to. This is why the I don't Paul even limiter notice the other numbers. I don't know if you've realized that yet, but this is why <laughs> these dear people have created the Paul limiter because they know if they don't put a stop to that. Our 30 grand budget is going to be 60, and we're not going to remember what happened. (laughs) Suddenly, why am I spending
0: this much money? For sure. Because life is short. Have fun. We're not financial investor counselors.
1: <laughs> wrong podcast. <laughs> you know what we should do? You and I should be guests on a financial analyst podcast and just blow out the room. Just to freak them out. Just just what is wrong we with you We might have to film people? that,
0: too, because there's Possibly. visuals that
1: go along Possibly. with that podcast. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of stunned silence. It might be a great podcast to listen to. You and I are going to drop some bomb. They're going to be like,
0: why are these guys
1: here? Why did we invite? Anyway. Them?
0: Oh, they invited themselves. Right. All right, so as I said, they're out in Richmond, Virginia, Bill and Gail. They're 20 or 30 minutes from interesting country roads and an hour from the mountains. Cool. Awesome. And this whole long weekend trip thing out of town is becoming very appealing to them. Mm -hmm. So they've given us a list of things they're considering. As you said, the third car has crept into their line of
1: thinking. And why not? The list of cars you've owned in your life is long Let's add to that. Sure. Well, and here's the thing. There is a scenario here where where they could get rid of the golf R. Now, based on the room they have in the garage, it can't be really any longer than the golf R. He's giving us a limit of 177 inches. Or... I think he measured, too. I'm sure he did. Or we can add... A car, a third car, which means something's going to park outside the Odyssey, uh, and, and and that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, come on, it's it's the minivan; it deserves to be outside. You can't do that when I'm drinking. Well, that the hey, drink on, choke so, on. So, so those are the options. Is is one of these things? Um, they've already looked at some cool things. What's interesting? He said, must haves and do not wants. Yeah, <laughs> must have. He'd like to have seats for four adults, but but he's willing to let that go. Let it go. I agree with you. He really – well, Paul's singing now. It's frightening. He's singing <laughs> Disney songs, no less. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Frozen is now in the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I told you that hour before Please. we got on the podcast that was it's, really helpful. By the way, there, no actual drinking of alcohol occurred in that hour. Surprisingly, we just, I don't have a glass of whiskey nearby. So there's he'd like seats for four adults, but he's willing to let that go and be two seats, which is, I think, an interesting twist. But he wants V8 power. He said he does not want – a turbo four he says been there done that let's not do it he misses having a v8 he had one years ago he wants v8 power back in his life or possibly a very powerful six mm-hmm. So where we start so he's got his own short list which is the e90 generation of bmw which is a good one that m3 e94 door e92 coupe we you know we're fans of that car
0: yeah yeah, for sure. Make maybe friends with your three, gas card. Maybe Let's the 335 up to the gas
1: card. IS out of that generation, which I pull out as a wild card often, or at least when I think of it, because it's a forgotten almost M3. That 335 IS is a great one. He's got a BMW trend going here. A Z3 or Z4 M M uh, coupe would be very cool. I agree. They'd be great. Maybe Mustang GT. Maybe Audis in the S world. These are the things on his mind. I didn't go with any of those, but they're all a good start. Where did you go? I didn't go with any of them either. Although I like them, honestly, all of them are, are real contenders
0: I'm honestly I'm backing your play on the Mustang. that could be great. I mean let's just let's just learn how to do proper burnouts and do them constantly.
1: Wow, what's wrong with Bill and Gail? they're here again uh, they're- Gail honey gail let let's go let's go wreck some tires <laughs> come 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 come, help me with this burnout. honey, come help me So we're, what we're, are you guys here. doing on Friday night? Wow. Well, he, he talks about how he talks about how they live on a cul de sac with very nice neighbors. Let's make those neighbors just just a little just just a little bit angry. Right. And maybe it's that maybe it's that angry jealous combo. Where I'm you thinking sit, about learning
0: how to drift around and and sit, knock the trash cans over or do something with the mailboxes. With the back I just end think of your you car. sit
1: in the middle of the cul de sac and you light them up.
0: That's a great idea. And
1: and watch all the men and women come out to the block and see how many of the men are smiling and how many of the wives are looking at you like, "Ah, Bill and Gail are doing it again.
0: (laughs) Can you believe Bill and Gail? (laughs) Look at them, and it's usually probably Gale. Actually, it's, it's doing yeah, it's, the sweet especially burnout. Especially if
1: Gale's doing the burnout, be perfect. We're way off in the weeds, but I love this. We're gonna. We, <laughs> this podcast has turned into how to annoy your neighbors, which is kind of fun. Let's see if we can find some cars for them, shall we? I'm taking scenario number two, which is a less old, not
0: as inexpensive car. Did you get that? It's yes. like a double
1: entendre there. Not yes. as inexpensive, less old, not as inexpensive. There's extra words in there. More towards the Paul Limiter is give, what I'm reading. Give me a minute, and I'll find which words could be removed. And it
0: displaces the Odyssey to the street. I agree. I'm. So Sorry, I know, Gail, you like the Odyssey. But the car that we choose for you next, the Odyssey is going to be driven less. Just get ready for that reality. It's great. You'll keep it. You'll
1: use it. Wonderful. They like how they use it. This is not a car that is a problem with it sitting in the street. Watch our mid-inches of mountains. There's a whole Odyssey discussion in the middle of it because we couldn't believe how useful it was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I made up a word a while back called an idiotic. Is the journey to the depths of your own stupidity. There you go. But that's not what we're talking not about Not written here. by Homer, but close. No. It was almost the sequel to the Iliad. It was great. Exactly. Yeah. That might be on my sophomore album. Just
1: we'll, we'll put that out there. Actually, Odyssey is a fantastic title for your sophomore album. Now that we're thinking about it. <laughs> ah, I walked into that one trying to care followed by the the second album, The, the Difficult Sophomore Album, because you know the sophomore album is always the hard one. It o- is always is It's the always hardest. the one where the expectations are really high, so just call it Idiocy and embrace it. Just Let's be done on. with it. Yeah. Wow. All
0: right. So I'm like I said, liking the GT but of all the BMWs that you named, Bill, the 2015 BMW M235i is
1: not on that list. Turbo 4. Well, Turbo 6, inline okay, 6. Okay, fair, fair, fair. You're right. Sorry. I'm thinking the base one and then the, the, M- base one. the M235. You're right. You're yeah, in let's inline step out six to the Turbo the, yeah. 6. Okay. Lots of power. Okay.
0: Found you 2015 in red for perfectly on $30,000. Yeah, all right. 18,000 miles. I mean, the car's brand new. Yeah, fun. We've thrashed that in every possible scenario. I just see Gail rocking the M235i. I,
1: I'm just envisioning that. I do like the circular drift knocking out all the trash
0: cans. Don't you think that'd, that'd be, be cool? Impressive. Like Thursday's trash day, like, oh, yeah. no, pull him back because Gail's going to do her thing again. Mm-hmm. I, so I like do that. Do we call it Grandma Kana? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty good. We could go far with this. Ken Block's tried every other scenario. Yeah, he has. Let's put his mom on camera.
1: (laughs) Yeah, anyway, okay. I'm I'm so far (laughs) in the weeds on this podcast, you kind of have to find me, yeah.
0: Yikes. So I'm going with that. I'm liking the GT. And uh, yeah, the V8 M3, I mean, like I said, snuggle up to the gas card because wow, the way you're going to want to drive that car is at the high end of the rev range, which guess what happens to your fuel consumption. Yeah.
1: And, and I actually think, personally think, uh, this is honestly only my personal bias. I think if you go M3, you need to go four-door. And if you're going to go two-door, you go, that's when you go with the 335 IS. Yeah, I could see that. I've always loved the, uh, the four-door,
0: the E90. The E90, for sure. I've it's, always it's loved fantastic. that better. It's fantastic. Yeah, just the proportions, everything about it. So yeah, I, I like that for you. And like I said, any car that we're gonna get, keep in mind that Odyssey is kicked to the curb mm-hmm. or the street or as it will. Yes. So that's where it's living because two new cars in the garage. Uh, yeah. The golf R and what are
1: you saying? Well, I've got a couple. I, I think the golf R stays. You like the golf R, it's doing good stuff. The Odyssey I agree is now at the curb. Let's go with a third car. Now I'm I'm willing for the golf R to go in this scenario. It just depends on you're gonna have to figure out how much you're gonna drive Having a third car. What's the car that doesn't get driven? Now the Odyssey sounds like it's just staying for utility. That's fine. If you get this third car, does Gale drive one of the two cars now? Either the Golf or the new car. Yes. And then you drive the other one. It's that exactly what, what the I'm Odyssey thinking. Odyssey sits. That, oh, let's hope so. Odyssey hope sits so. and yeah.
0: bakes in the sun and gets rained on and fine. <laughs> By the way, if you need a cover, I'm sure Covercraft makes one.
1: For sure. For sure. Of course they do. It's like but a
0: tent. I mean, you could take it camping and you know have a camp stove. You just get the little. You all get all six the, of your you know,
1: friends later. Actually, this was great. You use it as the car cover and then you. Pile the car cover up in a own little bag. You go out to a place to go camping and you use it as your tent. It just, it's, it's, it really works. It's perfect. Wow. Vent okay. your
0: camp stove. Just make sure you vent your camp stove up through the, anyway.
1: Yeah. All right. Keep going. Uh, only water has been consumed prior to this podcast. That's what's really frightening. Yeah, you... Welcome to our brains. No, but I'm going to, I'm going to say a car that I know is a, it doesn't match, but I want you to drive it. I'm okay. going to give you driving homework. Ah. Have good. You, ha, honestly, have you guys? Because we're talking third car, it just needs to be enjoyable to drive. Yeah, for sure. And you want manual transmission? List. Absolutely, absolutely. He's done well, He's but done since, well. since since it doesn't have to have a whole lot of utility, and you want it to just be fun to drive, I want you to at least, Bill, go drive an '86 platform car. I don't think it's the answer here. You can get two of them for thirty grand. You can, you can, but just go drive one. One is a track car, and one is a drift car. <laughs> Gail's drift car. Gale's track car. Perfect. Yes. I don't think it's happening, but but I'm just thinking, look, this is a car that's going to be inexpensive to buy, cheap to run. He said he doesn't want a convertible. True. true. So as a result, I just think because I mean, I would say drive the Miata, but you've said you flat out don't want a convertible. You don't want a turbo four. You want naturally aspirated. It's not the greatest naturally aspirated engine, but it is a great gearbox and it's genuinely fun to drive. I want to just give you that homework. Go drive that. You're one saying it's a, to bench a benchmark it, based Understand that world because you're not in that world sure. right now. And I think it would be interesting to drive. So go drive that as a benchmark. I have three I want to really recommend. Oh, okay. I see your Mustang GT. But if you're going to go that way, you need to drive the current-gen Camaro.
0: Mm-kay. Get the newest,
1: okay. most powerful one you can for your budget. They're out there. They've been they've been out long enough now that for you get a year-old one, stay under 30. You're not going to be in the biggest of the big boys, but you can yeah. get a decent one. Uh, I'm trying to think if you could do SS for that kind of price. You'd have to shop smart for I that. I think you can. I think you can if you shop back a little bit because the car's been out long enough now that we're getting to that range. The back tires will last about 4,000 miles, Bill, so just you might want to take <laughs> Especially that Especially during Grandma Cana, it's going to be all Grandma bad. Grandma Kana. But, uh, That's but, in the title. But I think, I think you need to at least go drive the Camaro. It's just a benchmark against the GT. I think the Camaro, it, it clearly has different attitude, but it can be, handling-wise, it can be sharper. If you watch our GT350 versus uh, ZL1 piece, mm-hmm, get, mm-hmm. you get kind of a glimpse of that. Granted, those are the big boys, but go drive that. The visibility is just worse
0: it's but, not as good
1: <laughs> it's definitely not as good not only but that it is but it is really worth driving so please drive that drive a 370z you think so i think so in this good, in powerful this naturally of... aspirated engine yeah so you're, you didn't do turbos it's got a good powerful v6 that car has genuine power and some decent personality this is why i want the 86 in there for just kind of benchmarking okay purposes. okay drive the 370z because i think you might be surprised But I'll tell you my favorite, and I found one. Okay. You're going to initially think, no, I don't want this. I don't want to be a foregone conclusion. But, Bill, you and Gail could rock this car. 2013 Chevrolet Corvette Grand Sport. For twenty eight grand, really forty thousand miles. This is a this is a C six. Okay, it's not the C seven, but the best of the C six was this Grand Sport, and I'm looking at one right now for sale, twenty eight grand. So you're gonna have to shop smart. There's not like a ton of them out there. There's quite a few C sixes out there, but not a ton of these. The Grand Sport's what you want. You could rock that car, and it actually has. We drove that generation ZR one. Yeah. We put all of our shoot gear in the hatch and had room left over. You guys could take a cross-country trip in this car if you wanted, and it is genuinely fun to drive. Big V8, all of the above. Both of you have to
0: promise me that if you go drive the Corvette and want one and get one, that you're not going to sit in the third lane at 60 miles an hour Agreed. and be that couple. You have to promise me. Bill and Gail, what you have to promise is there will be
1: speeding tickets. I
0: want a copy of your first speeding ticket. Yes. And and the officer just has to sort of be like oh, you were speeding just because. Yep, pretty much had to, you know, get her broken in and, you know, just got a new car. Have, have you ever
1: driven one of these, officer? Cuz they're surprisingly fast. <laughs> Man. Yeah. My right foot is heavier <laughs> Right foot is heavier than my left foot. But I was, I, I had a feeling they'd be out there. And here's, here's why I'm looking at one right now.
0: Yeah, I get it. You just have to promise me to drive the back tires off that. And for sure. There needs to be, you know, like cell phone video of a burnout of something in your cul de sac. I, I, this is part of the deal when you buy the Corvette just to prevent, you know, you know what from happening. Third yep. lane, 60 miles an hour, cruising All along. All bad. It's yep. like a Camry. Yep. You've got one of the world's most affordable performance cars for the money. And you have to, yeah, I want you to go through tires. We want to see
1: your speeding ticket, and we want you to be going through tires. Yeah. Uh, We are not being financially responsible this (laughs) evening, but we are having fun. Bill, Gail, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we hope something in there was helpful. I just hope you guys drive some stuff and really land on something cool. I like the fact that you're leaning v eight. But I think there's some genuine fun cars here. I hope you both thoroughly enjoy what's next. I agree. If you've got your own debate, please write to us, everydaydrivertv
0: at gmail.com, or just on the website, everydaydriver.com. You can find us there. And so many of you are writing to us, just stuff on your minds, what's going on. Give us your debate, your story. We love it. And uh, it's, uh, it's great to hear from everybody writing For in. Sure. And if you have not rated the show yet, please do so. Rate the podcast on iTunes. And the show itself on IMDb. it would be great. I know it's kind of a new twist and it's a new request from us, Mm -hmm. but it's eventually going to help where we're going with Amazon. For sure. For sure. So everything's going to be going and syndicating that that way. So just know that. And uh, you can find us on IMDb as well there. So thank you, guys.
1: We'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off the dry cleaning, you pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add Save Hundreds of Dollars in Car Insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything.
0: All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15%
1: or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. Let's talk about the National Humane Society for a moment. It may seem strange on a car show, but here's the reason. First off, I have a dog that's 11 years old. Her name's Sierra. She came from a shelter. We love her. She's amazing. Mutt's rule, I have to tell you. Find a Mutt. That is the dog you want. Chance, who sometimes sits in on our show and actually is a great shooter for us, he and his wife, they have dogs from shelters. National Humane Society is great because they're taking care of homeless or neglected animals. They give them food. They give them medical care. They get them into nice shelters with vaccinations so that people can adopt dogs, cats. You can get a great animal from one of these shelters. But, you know,
0: they're also raffling off a brand-new Porsche Carrera convertible, and a brand new Tesla Model S. Every donation is currently being matched, so this will double your contribution and you can make a difference. So go to org right now. Like I said, you can win a lot of different cars, but most notably a Porsche 911 or a Tesla Model S. Your donation is definitely going to help save animals, and if you use the promo code EverydayDriver, you get five extra tickets for free. Go to NationalHumaneSociety.org right now. You can save animals and enter to win some very cool cars. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico.
1: Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue.
0: Hooray!
1: Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
0: Hey guys, we're back with Mark, who is writing from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And really the title of this is kind of gazing into the future. Yes. Because of his situation, he's wanting to know with his two kids who are four years old and two and a half years old right now about cars for them for the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's writing to us with specific track time experience, with a lot of car ownership, and most notably, the fact that he and his wife don't really sell anything. Mm -hmm. By my count, they own six cars. One of them's an 05 Elise. They've got a pristine 93 Mazda RX-7, which... I would love to get that car on camera. No kidding. Maybe when we go to Road America, we need to swing by their we'll house. Just, yeah, why not? We'll just, hi,
1: you don't. You, you kind of know who we are. Yeah, hi, <laughs> can I borrow that, please? Right now, keys, need it.
0: <laughs> what else? Go-kart, motorcycles. He used to race motorcycles. He's been on two, three, and four wheels on many tracks. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. I mean, just the the cars alone from your family, AMC Hornets, Peugeot 505, SW8 wagons, Saabs, Mazdas, on and on and on, which is amazing the amount of cars that have rotated through your life. It's almost
1: like you're a car journalist. It is. It's craziness. It's craziness. And But here's the thing. This is a long-running family tradition. Yeah. Mom and dad were both car guys. Now, he and his wife are— I mean, his mom wasn't a car guy. You know what I mean? He, He and his—everybody's car people, okay? We're all gearheads. Everyone will look at it. Mom and dad were, he and his wife are. And so here's the larger question. This isn't what car do I buy buy, buy. as much as it is I'm a long way off from my kids driving. By the time they get there, what's going to be good? Yeah. So this is like futurism here. We're doing. We're trying to figure out what's this going to be. And he's asking, "Do we think there's anything he should buy right now?" Which I think is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. For twelve years from now, I mean, crazy. You know, look, look. I'll, I'll be honest, Mark. I've had this thought. I, I'm sitting here thinking about do I have any cars in my garage right now that my eight-year-old son's going to drive? Million mile mini. I, I have this thought, and then I quickly just shake it off and just think, you know what? <laughs> Deal with it, when cross he, that bridge. When he gets there, <laughs> let's buy a car then. Yeah. But yeah. but Mark's very concerned because, and, and, and look, I understand your level of concern. He's very concerned by the fact that if we are headed toward autonomous pods,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how does he pass on his car love to his kids? And what cars do we think will do that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he says here his dad turned him into a car guy, but it was his mom who told Mark not to wait until retirement to enjoy life and have fun. <laughs> Your mother is succinctly
1: stating the motto of our show. Pretty much. Pretty much. She You said, could have a life savings. You could also have that right over there. <laughs> exactly. We are terrible. She said you have to
0: be responsible at the same time. There are many things you'll enjoy more when you're younger than when you're older. Mm-hmm. Bill and Gail, are you still listening? Because... Go get the hot car and burnouts anyway. I love that line of thinking, and yes, th- there has to be a lot of responsibility that comes in. But For sure. how do you balance it? For that's sure. what we're all about. And I'm I'm loving that you're looking out to the future. And I don't know that you can really pointedly say, okay, that's the car I'm going to get, because you're also asking about you know something that is simple, reliable, durable, more fixable on the side of the road without carrying a diagnostic laptop everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you're thinking that way, but think about this. Okay, we're recording this, you know, we'll say now in one more year, that 07 Cayman that I had mm-hmm. would be a 12-year-old car. Yeah. Do you consider that car to be vintage or not modern in any way? It doesn't have a huge screen in it, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still a fairly complex modern car with lots of airbags, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it exactly fixable by the side of the road. Yeah, I take your point. Still needs a dealership. Yeah. So, gosh, an 07. I mean, let's talk about the 06 Cayman when they first came out. That's a vintage car now by by comparison? Yeah, I take your point. Not really, even though they're, you know, more simplistic in terms of stripped down towards fun driving. Sure, sure, sure. But, you know, I I think about this and I think about, you know, the argument for leasing an inexpensive new car when your kids are of driving age, Mm -hmm. Mark because of the latest safety features, then will be very different and probably better now. Thank you. Offer you more peace of mind and maybe a better insurance policy then. Mm -hmm. So maybe the whole point is, wait, just cross that bridge when you get there. Because, you know, on the other hand, there's, I I worry about this just as everybody listening does, the availability of manual transmissions when we get to that point. Maybe. Maybe Corolla will lead the way in manual transmission lineups and what is it called? The, uh, the engaging, interesting,
1: intelligent manual the, the transmission? intelligent manual transmission and the quote-unquote fun CVT. Why? Because the marketing department said so. This is also the same marketing department who clearly has never driven a CVT because the current uh, Toyota CVT, I have driven and I will tell you, you can't even see fun from there. <laughs> Not possible.
0: So the, clearly the answer is to buy the new Corolla now with a manual transmission. So yeah, well, your
1: daughter will have that. Mark, yeah. uh, envision me just kind of just kind of pulling a chair up beside you for a second. Because <laughs> I, I think two things are going to collide in this discussion. I know you want your kids to be car people. And I'm going to say we're talking about mid-teenage years. And I'm in the middle right now with my son who's eight of I'm awesome. And I will tell you right now, if you got inside my son's mind – I'm not that awesome. I'm not nearly as awesome as he thinks I am. He thinks I'm really cool, and I'm not that cool. I'm thrilled that he does, but and I made this joke before. I want to take half of how cool he thinks I am, and I want to bank it, and I want to pull it out when he's about 15, when I'm no longer cool. And I want to go, I'm cashing this in now, please, because I don't need quite this much coolness now, and I will need it then. When they are teenagers, are they going to like cars if you like cars? genuinely it's asking question. that question yeah. because I think about that Something with my son. Mall? He yeah. really likes it right now. When he gets to actual driving age, he's going to be like, cars are stupid. Because he might. Yeah. And that will yeah. break my heart a little, but I'll also be like, Andy's 16.
0: Yeah. Th- okay? There is that. So there's that. There that.
1: So ponder that for a second. Also think about the fact that I suspect, even though you and your wife are big car people, once you get to the place where you're about to put your kid in this car, a big part of the discussion is going to be how safe – is this car. absolutely? And it may eclipse everything else. Every parent is different. I realize I'm the guy talking about put your kid in a Miata mm-hmm. because they will learn to drive yeah. and they will pay attention. While I am that guy, there is the big discussion of how many airbags, how safe is it, what's the crash rating. That may change the entire discussion when you actually get there. So I'm going to yeah, suggest... absolutely. I'm going to suggest something you haven't thought of, to, to my knowledge. But because you've got clearly... <laughs> a lot of cars and a decent amount of space I'm going to suggest this because you have things like a Lotus Elise which really that's about as analog as cars have been and will be I'd agree to that absolutely so if you want your kids to have an experience of an analog car I mean your RX-7 even works okay come on you have these cars already that will give them an opportunity to have a a raw driving experience but I think shop two ways assuming your kids are still into cars when you get to that place let's hope they are Mm -hmm. but if they are yeah Let's figure out what is the daily that gets them where they need to be. And I'm not even going to try to project that. It's going to have to have safety. It's going to have to have decent gas mileage. How much, if any, levels of driver assistance and autonomy does it need just to move with the flow of traffic? Right. I mean, there was a joke when we were in L.A. that there was an actual stat when we were in L.A., that a 16-year-old driver in Los Angeles had a 50-50 shot of a major accident in their first year of driving. Oh, my gosh. That was the actual stat. Oh, that's so awful. So there was a joke that there should be a special uh, high school driver HOV lane lined with mattresses and tires. There was just a, it was just for 16-year-olds. It's a huge lane lined with mattresses and tires. If you just learned to drive, <laughs> this is your lane. Okay? So that's the thing. I think there's going to be that big discussion of what are the things this car needs so that we can actually know our kids are safe. That's the car you buy them. And then with them, buy something else that is the special occasion car. And I'm going to go to 90s Japanese cars. Wow. Why not? They'll probably be cheap. Find one that they like, that they're interested in. This is a car you can work on together. It's got some modern amenities, but it's not going to have the newest of anything. I think that is the bridge point, with the possible exception of your current Elise. I think that is the bridge point of cars that have a modern feel in some safety tech, but they still maintain that analog, raw, old thing. Mm -hmm. And shop with them and find one they'd like, but it doesn't have to be their primary. It's the car that you can work on with them, that they can take now and then, and maybe it's an incentive car, that as they establish certain things in their driving experience, they can use that car more. Hmm. But I think picking one that is their car initially out of the gate I don't know that I recommend that. Yeah,
0: that's that's excellent, actually. I, I would add a counterpoint that doesn't necessarily disagree. It's just a different point here. Quickly, you're familiar with Moore's Law mm-hmm. in the tech world, right? Mm-hmm. So it says this theory that says the amount of transistors in a chip doubles every two years. The processing power doubles every two years. Right. Intel just recently had to revise their go to market strategy to 3 years instead of 2 because we're peaking so hard right now in mm. in terms of chip technology mm. you know nanotechnology and just physical size right now. Okay. We've okay. gone through all of this. I'm kind of wondering in terms of safety is that happening with cars because my example with the Cayman it's not an unsafe car. It's 12 year old car now, but I wouldn't consider that an unsafe car. Sure. And sure. all my friends in high school had
1: beetles. Yeah. Everybody had the old beetles. Everybody had the stuff that crumpled like tin cans yeah. with and you our inside. Parents were
0: fine with it. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I mean, one guy inherited a beetle from his grandmother. It was pristine. And he drove that around and he just learned how to drive properly sure. with low power sure. and all that kind of stuff. Manual transmission, which is what you're talking about, and so I'm I'm thinking, okay, you know, only 12 short years away. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: you know, what will the safety technology be like? Will it be Mm -hmm. so ramped up that it will be better or will it be not that big of a difference?
1: But I actually think that I hear you. I actually think that the, the thing that's going to change here is headspace for Mark and his wife. I think when those kids get closer to actually driving the, how important is the safety thing is going to be a lot larger than it feels right now. That's my thinking. And especially if, 12 years from now, look, we're not going to be all in autonomous pods. Throw that out right now. But Agreed, that technology is going to be a larger factor in driving. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to change the equation as well. It's going to change how insurance rates go. It's going to change what car has this feature or doesn't. Are you going to drive anywhere where that feature is necessary? The safety thing is – and, and I'm going to put two things. Safety and how to integrate your child into traffic – Those are going to be bigger considerations than they are right now. Yeah, And that's why I do think having some fun car would be great for them. But I don't know that that's going to be the first car you're going to want them in.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think about, you know, no kid really gets to choose the car that matches their personality in high school. (laughs) Plus your personality and you grow and change as a person. So is your daughter going to be a Jeep Wrangler type of girl? Is she a Mustang GT girl? Sure. Is she a used SLK 320 or something like that? Or is it, you know what? wait until she's older and she kind of
1: knows more about herself and all those kinds of things. I didn't know who I was at 16. Well, and tons of people, my parents were this way, but tons of people that I've, that I've known when they're, when their kids start driving that first year of driving, when they're 16, they end up with a lot of extra restrictions and some States have restrictions now. And I don't, I'm not going to get it all right, but some States, I think Utah is one of them where you can't have uh, more than one friend in the car. Oh, and yeah, right. Or you can't have any friends in the car until you're all at least have been driving a year. I mean, there's various little variables on this. Because that first year of driving is so kind of, let's be honest, overwhelming in general. I, you know, And I think the fact that you've gotten a lease puts you in a very rare category of being able to put your kids in that and give them such a dialed in, no car like this is made anymore, especially in another 15 years. Yeah. Wow. So many questions. We've got to get to these. Yeah, but
0: great questions, both of you. This is amazing. Long emails, but I I really appreciate you guys writing to us. And again, write to us with your own story. We're, we're loving the debate on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's a little bit away from cars and more about the subject matter itself at hand. But
1: I, I'm I enjoy that. The questions are awesome. I mean, honestly, we we almost are at a place where every every podcast could be all questions. I know. And I don't think that's the way we're going to go. But at the same time, we love getting them. And if you don't get your question answered, we see people repost them. We do notice. We do read them all, just like we read all your emails. So (laughs) it's kind of luck of the draw that we pick your your question. I want to just give a quick, quick shout-out to Jesse, who wrote in on Facebook. And he posted a picture of me. After running through a rainstorm we' oh. I have the, the, my best quality Greg Brady hair because it was, it was a deluge in <laughs> this Dallas. This is when you were in Texas, right? But, but Jesse was one of the people that came out. So hello, man. It's good to see you again. Uh, thanks for writing in. And just saying that he appreciated meeting with me and since meeting with me, he and his sons are now listening to the podcast. So hello to Jesse and his boys. It's cool to have you guys listening. It was cool to meet you, Jesse. Just a quick shout out to you and thanks for writing in.
0: Russell G. on Instagram has asked, why hasn't Lincoln made a luxury car on the Mustang chassis? This is a very easy question. Because of the Cadillac XLR built from 2004 to 2009, which was the Cadillac shape built on top of a Corvette, With an underpowered engine, and whenever I see one, I I gasp and choke and look away in fright.
1: Well, you know, that's one of those oddballs that, you know, I feel like that's one of those GM products, like the Pontiac Solstice, (laughs) that a second-gen could have been the business. It was pre-bailout, yeah. You know, I mean, that. I I, I see – because I see the thinking, but the problem with with that car is that the Cadillac buyer – is the worst version of the Corvette buyer? Yeah, you think the guy in the Corvette's going slow in the third lane. Now get a, now get a Cadillac buyer in that scenario, and it gets worse. Yeah, but wouldn't it been interesting to see that car go through a second gen and become even more interesting? I think the the possibility was there, but just that first gen was like an almost. Yeah,
0: I could see it with the the current design language. You know, what if it came out as a you know twenty nineteen twenty twenty car? built on a Corvette with the monster engine and it's yeah. Cadillac making a statement. And now they're making an Aston Martin competitor. Yeah. Throwing yeah, down yeah, yeah. on their racing past and, mm-hmm. you sure, know, sure, sure. All that kind that. of stuff that could actually work. But the XLR was a
1: limp washcloth in comparison. But, but that's the thing though, the, the Mustang, the, the Lincoln Mustang, if you will, my question is who's the buyer? Because right now Lincoln hasn't decided who their buyers are at all. That's a great point. You always have to come back to a business case. So who's who's the buyer of that car? Because the Mustang appeals to guys from 16 to 60s. It just appeals. Yeah. But I'm sorry, anybody below the age of probably 60 isn't buying the Lincoln Mustang and are those guys going to actually spend money at Lincoln buying a Mustang with a with a body kit? I don't know. It's the problem with the
0: business team at companies like Ford cuz they'll make a really good point like that, but the designers are going, "Look at
1: this sweet sketch, let's build this car." And That's the, the first time, time ever go. you've not sided with the designers. <laughs> that that may be the first time in history you have not just gone, the designer said it's cool, let's do it. That's what we all say. Like, Look at this sketch, let's go build this. And they say, who who's
0: going to buy that car? You? Are you designing for yourself? Well, that, that is a market? problem.
1: It's a big problem. Yeah, agreed. All right, what else do you have? Well, let's see. Many, many, many. Uh, Ted, uh, Ted's poor question on Facebook could be a podcast. I'm going to touch on it really quickly. <laughs> okay. Can you give a breakdown on the differences between the types of 911s and the 718s? Oh yeah, That Ted, could you know, be a podcast. Do you know actually. how many versions? It's twenty something versions of the nine eleven.
0: I think we're up to twenty four, maybe
1: twenty five of just the nine eleven. It makes me happy, by the I, way. I, I know it does. I know it does. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the broad strokes of Porsche real quickly. And I am again. I'm not the Porsche guy, so I think I'm the guy to do this. So we okay, can get out fair of enough. this. I'll just let you have it before we're here for a half. It's all hour. yours. The Porsche model line. I had to explain this to my poor <laughs> wife when we did 50 years of 9 She did well to listen. And she tried really hard to understand. it. Yeah. then we bought a Cayenne, and she went, okay, let me make sure I get this. But in general, what they do at Porsche is they have the base <laughs> model. Pick one.
0: The Turbo is no longer the Turbo. They're all Turbo.
1: Yeah, exactly. Try to explain you that know one. I'm, I'm going to go with the Cayenne because okay. it doesn't have quite as many variants. That's easy. So, so we can stay there. But it'll give you the basic structure, if you will, of all the Porsche models. You have the base model. Mm-hmm. A little bit more powerful, you have the S. Yeah. The S that you really want, though, with all the proper things from the factory, like the greatest hits version of the S, that's the GTS. Yeah. yeah. Then you have, above that, the Turbo. That is faster, better, more, and more more expensive. But if the turbo is not enough for you, there is the turbo S, which is bigger, better, more, and even more of your wallet. Those <laughs> five designations generally define most cars. Now, the 718 does not have the turbo or turbo S variants, but they do go up to GTS. So base S GTS in the 718s. Yep. The 911 has all of those variants and many, 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 many more because they have the GTS, the twos, the threes, the whatever. It gets nuts, but the the basic core of it is base, S, GTS, Turbo, and Turbo S. That kind of gets you through the fog that is Porsche models, and then it splinters crazily. It's but this kind of gets it's, you there. It's delightful. It's a land of well, but see the 911 does other crazy things honey. with the four because 4 now means all wheel drive. Yeah. And then they do 4S. You can see the same n- nomenclature, but now you're doing the 4. So the 4 base, the 4S the, the do they do a 4 they do a 4 GTS, don't they? Oh yes. The turbos are only all wheel drive. They do a so Targa that. 4S. Yes, okay. Targa 4 GTS. This is where it gets really nuts. See Paul has to interject. But here's the but but understandably, here's the thing. But those five basics will get you through most of Porsche. You don't have to follow all of them. It's okay. <laughs> You're giving permission. Absolutely, you have to have permission because <laughs> it just it, you'll you'll never come out. You'll, you'll wind up in the pool of Porsche with you, and some people can swim, and others just drown. So let's just <laughs> let's just stay out of the pool, folks. Stay out of the pool.
0: All right, fine. Well, there's a question over here from Kevin R. Asking the ideal mileage or time to sell your car and experience something new. And as you've heard us say before, mm-hmm. you don't have to be out of love with a car to get rid of it. Absolutely not. There's no reason that you have to come to the end of your rope for a car and it's nickel and dimed you to death and finally. Sure. yeah. Because that car you might want to put money into and keep going. See mm-hmm. last podcast about the 67, 69 GTO of Michael's. He he thought, well, I'll go buy something new for 20 grand. Why don't I put that 20 grand into the car and make it the
1: car I want? Well, see, Mark on this podcast, you can't seem to sell anything. So, I mean, who
0: knows? Right, so, yeah. right. I. It depends on the car and the experience and your – your usage with it. Here I am selling a 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee, 32,000 miles, mm-hmm. top condition, yeah, It's yeah, great yeah. shape, certified, Paul owned. There's no reason for me to sell it, and I'm I've got now the Ford Expedition EL with 112 and change on the it, Rolling House, yes, and it's six years old, almost seven years old. So I'm actually quote unquote downgrading. But in newness, but not, not in size, but not in size. I'm upgrading in size and towing capacity. So <laughs> it just kind of depends on what you're going to be using it for. And, you know, are you you could be out of love with a car after three years and going, all right, it was a car. It didn't speak to me. I'm ready for something new. It doesn't matter the mileage at that point. I think it's irrelevant. Yeah. Or you love a car. And that's why people buy these old BMWs, you know, like 80s BMWs. that Sure. Have, yeah couple hundred thousand miles on them and you're thinking who buys that? Enthusiasts do, because they yeah, want it. For sure. And yeah. it speaks to an emotional place in their heart about it. That's that's why you buy cars. So I mean there doesn't have to be a set rule. There doesn't. You okay. just have to really
1: break it down. You know, what's your usage and experience? We've like had that. the people ride in with, I've had my car for six months, I want to get out of it. I, You know, If you have the financial wherewithal to be able to do that and you want to do the hassle of trading out your cars every six months and you really want to do that, why not? Mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, and granted it's also because we're doing it this way, I feel like a couple years is enough time to really know a car, really understand a car and feel like about everything I was – if I was going to do track time with this car, I would have done it by now. Mm -hmm. If I was going to take it on a big road trip in two years, I would have done it by now. I I feel like that's a – for most people, that's a good range. I mean, I've had plenty of cars. I've kept five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know what what's working for you. What can you financially do? I think it's very personal, but there isn't any reason you have to keep a car.
0: No. That's one of the nice things. Oh, they are one of those
1: things you can you can unload and get into something else without too much uh, too much hassle. Uh, Nick wrote in a question that I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Okay, uh, his roommate wants to commute in an ExaSet. Ah, yes. I saw this. How extreme is too extreme for commuting? Um, Nick, are we really talking commuting? I mean, are we really talking let's sit in traffic? (laughs) Because I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I would want to do L.A. in anything but an automatic. Yeah, yeah. And I love manuals. I love them. But I don't know if I was commuting daily in, in, in L.A. When I had my 300ZX, this is why I bought automatic Would I have enjoyed a manual in that car more? Yes, I would have. Was I glad to have an automatic five days a week? Oh my gosh, yes. So I, I think if we're really talking stop and go, the Exa set is definitely a bridge too far. And again, I'm saying this is the guy that owns the Elise, and my luxury car is a beat down Mini. Okay, (laughs) so I I, I know I know from where I speak. It it really, but it comes down to when. When does the laugh wear off? Because I also admit, and I'm susceptible to this, there's a part of me that would commute in a Lotus just because you're right, I'm commuting in a Lotus. Yeah. I'm commuting in a car that you can't even imagine how to get out of or into or drive, and I'm driving it in a commute situation. There is that, but I think that wears out. And I think the Exocet in a commute situation, I think that's its problem. I think it would be a laugh. I can't believe I'm commuting in this for a month or so. And then you're going to be like, you know what? It rained today. <laughs> and there was a wreck on the freeway. And I want to be home. and I want Or I want to be in something that I don't have to think quite this much about. It's a personal question, but I do think there's a bridge too far.
0: No, I, I agree. That, that was excellent. Uh, what else? Alex M., are you guys going to watch the 2018 F1 season? Yes, we are. Definitely looking forward to that. Looking forward to Le Mans as well. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. I'm just ready for racing season to really kick off. It already has, but I'm just yeah. looking forward to more. What else? Uh, oh, Canon Driver asking, what oh, would be considered one. the best entry-level exotic car? You know, he's jumping, you know, thinking from an IS350 to a Ferrari 488 GTB. Sure. That's, you know, more than double the horsepower. But don't think in, in terms of double the horsepower. Think in terms of double the cost to you as far as sure, maintenance. Sure, even sure. though you got this yeah, yeah, on yeah. GTR for cheap, yeah, the maintenance, the tires, as we say, all the consumables mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are not cheap. So it could be a GTR, it could be an Audi R eight. I mean, even Cayman's. Yeah. You know, what does it cost to maintain and you know, insure the car? Mm-hmm. That could be very exotic to some people. It doesn't even have to go very high in
1: price. No. It doesn't have to go above I don't know. Say sixty, seventy thousand dollars to be. I think that's the quote, place unquote, to, exotic. I think that's the place to shop. I agree. I think there's a couple things going on here. I love this question, by the way. I think there's a couple things going on here. I th- I think, I think you need to stay under four hundred horsepower. Mm, okay, good. And you need to shop the bottom of exotic automakers. What's the bottom of Lotus? What's the bottom of Porsche? What's the bottom of Aston Martin? 60, 70 grand. You can get a Vantage. Yes, you can. 400 horsepower. It's an exotic car. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think that I think this is the place to shop. Shop in that 60 to 70 grand range and shop the used versions of these cars that were into triple digits when they were new. Shop the used ones of those. And I think that puts you in the right sweet spot because once you get into the super big boys. Now, the other option would be you go Corvette. It's another option. Yeah. It's got supercar performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that, yeah. is that exotic enough for you? I think it depends on where you are in the country and who you are as a person. Sure. It's a worthwhile ask. You know, you could do the big boy, the Mustang Camaros, but I don't think that anybody thinks of those as exotic. So if I think of exotic, mm-hmm. nah. I think of what are the rare marks? Yeah. Lotus, <laughs> Porsche. Aston Martin gets that done.
0: The car's your your insurance person raises eyebrows and goes, "Good for you." Exactly, huh? My I need boat payment for the car. month is paid. Yeah, excellent. Okay, last question for me from our friend Dammit Patton, asking about the Chevy SS. He said it's no more. What yeah. cars do you think will take its place? Do we think you know cars that you know nobody's talking about anymore? The the best mm-hmm. enthusiast car that nobody's t- talking about or buying. I think it's the Hyundai. N versions like the Veloster N, I think mm. it'll come out. I think journalists will love it. I mean, journalists love the Fiat 124, the Fiat, yeah, the, the Spider yeah. with all the all 164 horsepower. Of, you were a bigger fan than me, but yes, I, I loved that car. I know you did. Car and Driver did, Motor Trend did. All these outlets love the car. I think it's going to be ignored. I think, mm. unfortunately, unless it's us enthusiasts, unless we go buy the N version of the Hyundai's, I think everybody will love them. Hey, look how cheap it is! Look
1: at the performance! Look how much fun I'm having! Yeah. And nobody's going to buy them. I'm worried about that for the Stinger. I genuinely am. Are you? I'm worried about that for the Stinger. I yeah. think I think it's a solid car, and maybe even this uh, this Genesis G70. I think I think that's another real good candidate. Rear wheel drive, good looking, well made, nice balance, and I don't think they're going to sell. I think it, I think they are right into the shadow of the SS. I really do.
0: Mm. Hmm, Interesting. All right, anything else for you before we sign off here?
1: Well, uh, there's many. We've got to come back to a lot of these, so 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 please repost them. Ejim Cole, I think is what it is, on Instagram says, is it possible to create an advanced driving class that is affordable? Oh, good one! Yes, he's noting the fact that most of the classes are about a thousand dollars, and what he says as much as I would really, really like to do them, it's a thousand dollar class. And I hear you, man. I hear you. That is a real issue. I mean, we've benefited from being in some because we went there as journalists and we didn't have to pay for it. I mean, I'll be very candid. That's why we've done yeah. as many as we have. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about how do you get cheap driving experience at a high level? I'm yeah. Give you two answers, and they're very similar. One is autocross. And the other is your local open track days through NASA through a tracking event whatever. Yep, you know, Excellent. listen to us. If if we go to one of our track days and you can come, you should come. They're generally about two hundred bucks. But here's the twist. Here's the twist in both scenarios. Even if there's an upcharge. Mm-hmm. You need to get an instructor in with you in both scenarios. Greed. Greed. Because if, if you if you went to a $200 track day, when I mean, we did uh, the one in, in Laguna last November. Yeah. It was a $200 track day. But you could get an instructor to ride along with you. I don't even think in that situation it cost you anymore. Maybe it did, but I don't think it did. Yeah. But on autocross, if you don't find an instructor, find the guy that is killing everybody else at autocross and have him ride right seat with you. Yeah. Yeah. This is the way to get the cheap instruction because if you get on the track and you bumble around it. I I will be honest, me in the Z06, I kind of bumbled around Laguna. Oh. Because that was such a massive car and it was my first time on the track. And I wished yeah, we'd had the time and didn't have to shoot to be able to just have an instructor in the car. I would have yeah. much preferred that as just yeah. a driver. Now, I still had a blast. We made a fun piece out of it. But I just knew the whole time I need a guy right seat just helping me out. And I've been on track a few times. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. But I think that's what you do. go Take your car to an autocross or take your car to a track day and make sure somebody that really knows what they're doing is riding right seat. You will come away with so much good information. It won't be as good as they get really in-depth with like skid cars and stuff on these $1,000 days, but you spend a lot less, and I think you'll be shocked how much you come away with.
0: Yeah, no, that's excellent. Uh, man, there's so many more questions that we could get to. But we've got to wrap up, sadly, for now. Thank you, guys. Really, really appreciate it for following us. And again, with the requests, new place to rate and review is IMDb, and that's the and show. That's cool. Yeah, And then, of course, iTunes. Love to see your ratings and any thoughts you might have. There's been a lot of them of That's
1: what keeps us in the top ten. It's awesome. Thank you, guys.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate it. Guys, hope you have a great weekend. Looking forward to next time, and cheers. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets. Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in
1: fixed overhead. Hello, everybody.
0: No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico.
1: Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance.